Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi, folks. This is Sarah Perry. Welcome back to Haven Space. And today I am with two blossoming friends of mine, and we are going to discuss a little bit further and from a firsthand experience adult babies and diaper lovers. So, guys, why don't you introduce yourselves? Well, hi, I'm Bunny. Um, I'm a 28 year old um, housewife. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. Um, I've been in the scene for about eight years now and met very interesting people along the way. Um, I love that we are talking about ABDLs finally. Um, I think it's a very niche market. I'm excited to explore it with both of you. Um, so I'm Jewel. Um, I am 32. I'm a social worker and I have been in the scene also for about eight years and met Bunny not long after I joined. Um, and I agree with her that age play is often really kind of the most controversial kink at times. And so I'm glad that we're taking the time to really dig into it um, in a positive light. Uh, definitely. So let's quickly start with the disclaimer that this is not the same as pedophilia or as minor attracted people. Um, in fact, most people in these communities are not doing it because they would prefer to have children around them right? Uh, but more of the experience of acting like a child or of role-playing that dynamic. Correct. And like, just to add on to that, a lot of times too, um, people that are diagnosed with pedophilia are often collaborated with child molesters and they're actually very separate as well. So pedophilia is a specific wiring in your brain and most of the time they are non-offenders. And so that versus child molesting versus age play is all very different. And I think ABDL and the little community also go hand in hand with the consent factor. Um, the big thing is we like people are attracted to the consent of, you know, knowing that they're little and accepting that they're little. Um, and I think that's what makes it a part of the fun part of the kink. Yeah, well, remembering always that the kink community has very explicit forms of consent and uh, of rituals of receiving consent and then of aftercare. And they are ways that we should really all be using to kind of model our own forms of consent around. So why don't you tell me the thing that I'm always the most excited about, and I don't know if all my listeners feel the same way, but they don't tell me, so you get stuck with what you get stuck with, um, is I want to know, like, where is the turn on? What part is like, fiery, this is why I'm here, about ABDL? So I think the important thing to remember in this part is that not all age players are sexual. Sometimes it is a non-sexual factor. And so even though it's classified as a fetish, it doesn't always involve sexual activities or being turned on by it, right? So if you're asking specifically about dark, is what we call dark age play, um, specifically about that and its turn-ons, it's really very similar to a power dynamic turn-on, like um, DS and things like that. And so it is a, there is a level of like consensual non-consent that plays into it. It's the innocence being corrupted, you know, by an older, more mature, more experienced person. Um, and I think if, if you dive in, 
I, I would say personally for the darker sides in my experience, I've learned that it has to do with control, right? Like they're taking over everything about you when you're a little or when you're a baby or a middle. And so giving up that bathroom control also plays into like that turn on of, of not to do things on your own. I, I totally hear you. We are having a little bit of technical difficulties and I think they're on my part, but um, if I ask you to like reiterate things, that's why. It's not because I'm not listening. Okay? Okay, no problem. Um, so when you say you're relinquishing your like bathroom control to someone else, you, I mean, is part of the fun to try to make someone go to the bathroom on themselves? Like would you tickle someone until they pee on themselves or is that like no, they're just relinquishing their being taken care of to you so if they were into tickling yes you could do that i don't like tickling so no that would not be on my to-do list but it's it is a level of force like forced bathroom control kind of like chastity devices where you're forcing you know that ability to not um, be able to touch your genitals and it's very similar they make diaper harnesses so that way you can't take it off that have locking devices on them um so it is a consent, right? Like I'm willingly giving up bathroom control, but it plays into that, that, um, what do we call it? That like mind, like mind games of like, yes, you can always use your safe word to get out of it. And some, some daddies or mommies or caregivers enjoy forcing someone to use that diaper. And if they weren't into, you know, urine or, or feces, then they wouldn't do that. Right. It's just that fear factor of, are they going to make me do this or not? And I think for me, it's, it's the embarrassment of it. Um, and you know, being embarrassed or being put in a spotlight is a part of my self limits. So the thought of having to pee on myself is very embarrassing for me. And that's what kind of does it for me. It's like just this weird middle ground of like, I'm embarrassed, but they're not, you know, bothered by it. And it's like, I don't use diapers. I, um, that's not something that me and my partner are into, but the thought of being in a diaper in front of him and kind of having that embarrassment, um, I think for me is a huge turn on and I know it turns him on. So, um, it's, it's unique. Like we both, essentially we do not like diapers, but it's our advantage. She's definitely right about that. Like the humiliation aspect of it for people kind of okay with it, but not into it, um, is very different, right. Than people that, you know, like my partner, who's very much into them, um, it's more of like the force aspect and then like um, the coaxing afterward of like, you're such a girl, uh, such a good girl, excuse me. And like, I'm so proud of you for doing it, you know, even though it was like forced. Um, do you find that being people who identify as ABDL, you have two different parts of your sexuality or many, obviously we all have many different parts, but aspects that are separate in terms of like, could you go on and have a relationship with someone that is not, that does not engage in adult baby play and still so, enjoy it fully? Yeah. So, um, I was married, uh, for 10 years to someone who was not, um, a part of it. Um, and what I say, whenever I told you, like, there's a separate between sexual age play and non-sexual age play, I have little tendencies in my day-to-day -day life. Like, I am very energetic and bouncy, and I love, like, toys and, and things like that. And so, like, my kids often even tell me, like, stop acting like a child. But, like, that's a part of who I am. Like, I love Build-A-Bear and, and all of that. But um, being in a relationship with someone that doesn't 
that doesn't encourage it, um, but accepts it is easier than being with someone that doesn't accept it. Right. And so like that shame that I had to go through in the beginning, you know, until it was like, Oh, okay. That's a part of who you are. Um, is very different than a lot of people have experienced, um, in the community. A lot of people in the community have been shamed and, and there's like this, we joke, but there's like a cycle, right? Like where you buy a bunch of stuff and you've accepted yourself and you get real deep into it and then something happens and then you purge it all. And you're like, I don't like this part of myself. And you know, you reject it and you just get rid of it all. And it, and it just, it's like the steady cycle until you're in a very accepting and encouraging environment. Um, and to answer the other part of it for me, uh, as a switch, like it is all very separate. So my, um, age play side is two sides, right? Like I've done caregiving and ran a professional nursery and I've done, um, you know, the little side of it. And I'm an age player from the bottom too. So they're all very different, like facets of who I am. Um, I wouldn't say that they come together at any point, but, but they are like all right there. Um, in that moment. That's super, super interesting. I can't help but connect your binge purge patterns to cross-dressing. Um, and I have a friend who did an interview with me. If you've ever heard the podcast, um, the cross-dressing one is actually my most listened to one. And um, this is a pattern that he speaks about all the time. And it has to be related similarly to bulimia, to the society we live in that forces you to exist in some like very perfect idea that you think you have to follow. And so when you break out of it, you struggle fighting your way back to normalcy instead of actually just existing, you know? Um, So it's interesting that, and I'd be curious to find out too, like are these things that occur in other countries as often, these binge purge patterns as often as they do in a country like the U.S. where there's a lot more like kind of like social media pressure to become something very specific you know i would be interested in that especially because like um like thailand has one of the most popular um adult nurseries so I, and it's a lot more accepting you can go outside in the stroller at their nurseries you know and so i i would wonder too like is it is it that way in other places oh my god let's take a thailand trip and find out Oof. as soon Absolutely. as covid's over <laughs> it'll be research we're like tax deductible mm-hmm. you know <laughs> For science. For science. It's the best kind of science, though. The science that brings people, like, pleasure and joy. Like, why are we doing any other science? (laughs) Um, So, Kalea, will you tell us more about kind of your intro into um, this world, this kink? And then we'll switch back to Jewel and see how that happened for you. Yeah, so... um... It's funny that Jewel is here because she's the reason why I think I'm I'm kind of um, how do I say it politely like balls deep into being little and stuff like that. Um, I feel like so, it's like diaper deep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I first came into the scene, I didn't know that littles were a thing. Um, I've always liked to color and you know wear like the pink and the frou frou and stuff like that, but I just figured you know, I'm a girly girl and this is what it is. Um, and so when I got into the scene and I noticed like these people are carrying around like 
bears and stuffies and they have pacifiers in their mouth. And this is, you know, this is so interesting. And then the more that I kind of did my own research, the more that I realized, like, I also like that stuff. I thought I just collected builder bears because, like, I had a memory with the builder bear and, like, I connected to it. But then I found out, like, it's okay to like that and it's okay to really engage in that. And then, um, like, I had a partner who struggled with age play and, um, and then around this time, I also met Jewel, and she was very comfortable with being a little. And uh, she kind of suckered me into going to my first age play party. I didn't want to say forced. Nah. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I was strongly encouraged to go to my first age play party, and like I didn't feel out of place, and I thought that that's what it was going to be because I was like, I have darker tendencies and do, does everybody have darker tendencies? And like, am I going to be little enough? Am I going to be good enough? Or is it just babe? Like I had so many questions. And then when I got into the scene and I met Joel and she kind of ex- explained like the headspace and the psychology behind it, I really felt comfortable. And so I, I would say now that being a little is one of my big, the biggest facets of my personality because, um, there's so many ways you can little you there's so many ways you can be a baby there's so many ways that you can be a middle or a big or however the case may be and so you always find somebody to fit anybody who wants to be a part of the avdl community they i always find that they have a place to fit because if it's not already invented we're going to invent a space for it and i think it's important um that you know everybody feels welcome and feels accepted and Um, I think Joel really provided that for me along with the group that, you know, she created. And I think that's where I'm at now. That sounds amazing. I mean, it's really great to find a place where you feel like you can actually relax without like fitting into the thing, you know? Yeah. Joel, what about you? So, um, I, when I joined the scene, um, I was just looking for something more. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time and, and uh, in a very um, dysfunctional marriage, and I needed something social. Um, and so for me, I had joined a different littles group, um, and there was a lot of negativity and um, a lot of, like, conformity being forced. And so I thought, this, this can't be right. Um, and so I created what is now one of the largest H play groups in Texas, which I'm so proud about. Um, not the largest, but one of the largest. And Bunny is actually a leader because I grew up first with. Um, anyway. yeah. and I got sucker. So I created it because I wanted a place that was more inclusive of not just all different kinds of age play, but all different kinds of people. And so um, it's important that we always try to let people know, you know, like it doesn't matter what your gender identity is. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation. It doesn't matter if you are a little or a middle or a furry or like none of that actually matters. It's the environment that is accepting of all of it is what we encourage the most. And so um, like we have two uh, little play places broken up and, and not broken up, but it has a subgroup, right? For dark age players, because dark age play can trigger people that are not mm-hmm. dark age players. Right. And so it's, it's a way to have both. So a lot of people are into, um, you know, our regular LPP, what I consider the vanilla LPP. Um, it's not the dark side. And then the subgroup of that has a lot of our members that are regulars in the darker side, but there are people in our dark group that are not in a regular group because for them it is only dark. Right. And so it's, it's, 
it's a place to be whatever age play is to you. It's all about self-defining those labels. And I feel that way about kink in general. Yeah. Um, I had this come up when we were talking earlier and you kind of answered it right now, but do you guys engage in like group play where you could be having like a play date and then someone can come in and take someone out and do dark play in that way and make it like, I would guess like role play a scenario where you're taking aside from your peers without triggering people who are not, or is that something that typically just doesn't occur? So LPP has, um, what is LPP? So LPP, I'm sorry, is Little's Play Place. That's the name of our H players group in Houston. Um, and you can find it on FetLife, um, and we have a Telegram group to stay connected. And so um, Little's Play Place has used to, before COVID, had a public munch, which is um, a dinner where everybody meets in, in person um, every month, once a month. Uh, sometimes we had twice a month, like we call it a bonus. And then we also have a party which is a private event typically um, in someone's house. And it, you come and you engage in, in age play in a group setting. So we have like crayons and activities and it's very organized sometimes. And sometimes it's laid back and it's movies. Like we change it up. We have themes. People dress the themes. because like who doesn't love to dress up in this community, right? And then um, the dark group, again, before COVID, um, has their own dark munches which are specific to that kind of conversation and it has its own telegram group. And now we're on discord. I forgot about that. Um, and we're testing it out and, um, it has its own parties and, and instead of having like a vanilla age play party where there's a subgroup of dark scenes somewhere else, because sounds of, you know, BDSM and impact and sex can be very loud. So it's, it's vice versa, right? So like at a vanilla regular little play place, it's only, non-sexual non-dark age play but when you're at a dark party there are areas you know for coloring and activities and movies and then there's areas for the dark side so that way you can engage in both and it not trigger anyone because it is at a dark party like you come to those parties knowing there will be dark things going on and you don't come if it's not for you right um do people engage in these kinds of play sporadically like for example I have a lot of friends that are in the lifestyle the swinger community or polyamory who will dabble but it's not something they do every single month it's not something they, they they're maybe like once a year's you know um and sometimes for years and years and years right like doesn't mean that there's a lack of um kind of commitment to the scene it's just like it's not something that they want to engage in regularly. Or do you find that people that engage in ABDL tend to want to do it a lot more often? Um, I think it really depends on the person. Um, we have um, people who love that we only have parties once a month because that's their one time a month where they can kind of escape their mundane day-to-day -day life or however you, you know, want to word it. Um, and they, other than us you know, coming to the, the private parties, they really don't, get into age play um sorry they don't really get into age play so the thought of um coming to one of our parties is exciting to them and that's the only time they get to enjoy that um and then you have people who literally cannot wait and they're on every munch and they're at every party and this is their way to um to engage fully um into the things that they like to do so i yeah and i would add to that that like just like um ds or master slave 
some people live it like, you know, occasionally and you only have scenes, but in your vanilla life, it's very equal, right? It's very different. And then there are people that live it 24 seven. And like we have um, another leader who lives it pretty much 20. And then there are, you know, other people that only add to it, like they use it as an additive to the relationship that they already have. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, this hey. has been an amazing uh, conversation. Obviously, we're just at the tip of the iceberg. But I want to keep exploring it. Kalei and I talked about me possibly taking a tour of her ABDL rooms and how they work and how they are and definitely playing around in them because why would I not? And um, <laughs> Well, um, I'm hoping that we can get that done by next week for my listeners um, and that I will have you guys over again and again so that we can keep the conversation going. I encourage people to look for us. It's Littles, L-I-T-T-L-E-S. Play Place, Play Place, P-L-A-Y-P-L-A-C. Okay, and there's no website. There's just FetLife. FetLife and Discord, but you have to have an invite. So find it on FetLife because we have the links listed in there. Amazing. I will actually post a link to the FetLife page on the podcast so that people can find it that way also. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks. Have a great day, guys. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.